today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing and Vacuuman, who sponsored this fine program, is uh, with us once again. I hope you had a great week, Adam. It's been a very busy week, Bill. Honestly, it's been cold, rainy. I mean, it's been just sludgy, and and uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm kind of uh, kind of feeling a bit of the chill going through our bones and all that. And of course, you know, we all turn on the furnace, and this is why I say if you're smelling that little bit of burn. In, in like you turn the furnace on and you're like, oh, it got a little nip in the air and the temperature drops and you smell that little kind of like burning scent. That's usually a lot of sediment. More like burning, from the, more from like the burning socks is what you smell. <laughs> I don't know what's in your furnace, Bill, but maybe we should have a talk. Uh, yeah, if you're warming your socks in your furnace, maybe not a good choice. But yeah, if you get a little burning scent, it's just the residue and dust that gets settled on the burner uh, uh, filaments. Um, and this is a great time to give us a call at Vacuum Man, and we'll be able to take care of that for you. Get that all cleaned up. And and get the ducts clean. And, and by the way, and I, I think you mentioned this last week, but you're right. I think a lot of people probably did have the furnace on for the first time because it got pretty chilly. Uh, change the filters. We always tend to forget to do that. Uh, but the things get clogged up. And, and I, I know back in the bad old days before I knew how to do all this stuff, it can have an impact on your heating bill because the air does not flow as well, means the furnace works harder and you're not getting any more heat. You're just paying more for, for the, for, in this case, the natural gas. That's right. And and let's be clear, Bill, the cost of natural gas is not getting any cheaper, nor is electricity. So, so it's always good to think about that when it comes to like, what could you do uh, to make your make those costs at least a little more bearable during this coming winter? Well, anyway, you can get a hold of the folks at Vacuum Man and they can walk you through this uh, because it's uh, it's preventative stuff, really, that you're talking about here, isn't it? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just uh, preventative maintenance. And and uh, also as a side note, when the average time to do it on a regular basis, Bill, is between three to five years. So it's not every year you need to do this. Um, or if you're doing any renovations, it's always, always good to do that, especially if you're doing drywall. I want to remind people that if you are doing drywall, sanding or otherwise, that gets caught in the air. And uh, no matter how much you think you have, you know, the furnace off and you're not doing it, it, does, it is so micro. It can even get through that filter. Uh, and get into the blower fan, into the heat exchange, and then it gets caked. And it's just, again, you're just wasting energy trying to make it operate. Well, and we all know, because we talked about this during the lockdowns, especially a lot of folks did home renovations, maybe, you know, oh, yeah. finished the basement or did a room upstairs, whatever the case might be. Uh, and it, it probably had an impact on the furnace. Anyway, just call Vacuum Man and they'll, they'll tell Talia and, set, and walk you through all this. Uh, I'm going to get into Zuckerberg later on in Facebook, okay, because I know you want to spend some time on that. But there's a couple of other things I want to get to first. Uh, we've talked about solar powered this and solar powered that and, and <laughs> electric this. I mean, we've got electric cars and, and electric, you know, transport trucks, I, I guess, on the way now, too. Those are a reality. Uh, but a lot of folks like to go RVing. And, uh, and apparently, alternative forms of energy are starting to have an impact on that industry now. Well, this is in, this is really cool. A team of Dutch University students were able to actually take an RV. And I mean, we, and as you said, there's so many new electric vehicles coming out yet to be a plane. Uh, we do know there's electric boats, uh, but an RV electric 
is coming. And this is really cool. What they did was they developed an RV that is going to be able to open up on the roof and it will be a solar powered generating system. So as you know, Bill, if you're in the, if you're in an RV, you want to go camping, you're out in remote areas. It's not like there's a Tesla charging station that you can plug into <laughs> out in the middle of a Gonquin park. And maybe there will be the Ontario government might be like, look, we're putting all these supercharging stations everywhere. But for now, as I understand it, there isn't many charging stations in many remote areas or uh, in national parks. So um, this is called the Stella. Vita. It's a Stella Vita RV. It is a, it's got a solar powered roof. Now, of course, it's got a battery pack. It plugs in. You get 700 kilometers on a charge. That's actually fairly decent. Um, and, and of course, say you want to charge other items. Uh, this is what's really cool. Um, if you've got an electric car, like a Tesla, you could tow it behind the RV um, and say you're low on juice on the Tesla, you'll be able to plug it in and charge it. Think of it as a rolling charging system that kind of gives you that clean energy efficient option, but it also charges and, and manages the power in the RV. A lot of RVs run off generators, of course, using fuel and otherwise. This is a completely electric solar generating system. Now, I'm just going to uh, segue this, of course, all of this is phenomenal. Think of all of the wonderful things we're doing, but if you're only going to take seven days to go RVing and it rains, it is a fact, and this is one of the little misdemeanors, is the fact that it will obviously not uh, charge as effectively due to the fact that it's been a cloudy week, kind of like this week. If we were RVing with this, you'd be a little bit of a little bit of a challenge at this given time. But it is coming. It just shows the innovation is rolling out in a bigger way that we can expect electric vehicles in addition to solar powered charging. And besides, your point's well taken because everybody knows that when you finally book a week of holidays, it always rains anyway. So exactly, uh, be, be concerned of <laughs> that. Uh, what's going on with the? Uh, I, I know there's a lot of concern about security and, and safety issues right now on the internet. Uh, Google Assist is is offering some help here. Well, yeah, if you are concerned, if you and again, I want to be clear, this is only for eighteen and under. And I brought this up uh, about a year ago, last September. Google made the made the announcement that they're going to uh, allow for individuals to remove their their photos. If you're eighteen or under, you can actually request to have your photos removed from search results. So, as an example, say you're typing in a, a, a generic search term, or you know someone types your name and you're under the age of 18 and your photo comes up, maybe it's on a website or otherwise, and you don't want it to be in the search results, it won't remove it from the website. I want to be clear with that. It will remove it from the search results. Um, you can now go to Google and it will assist you in removing the links, the URL of the photos in the search results. Um, again, as much as I tried to remove my photo uh, of me online, Bill, unfortunately, I'm over the age of 18. Anyone over the 18 age is not able to do so. But it's not an easy thing. It's not like you can go in and just go like, oh, there's a photo of me, remove. You actually got to go through a process. You got to enter in uh, validation, the links that you want removed from the search. Uh, you got to put in uh, your name, the guardian, your parent uh, has to validate itself. It's a work in progress. Now, Google has lived up to the fact that they're going to be protecting privacy of those under the age of 18. But I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of paperwork or a lot of computer work that it's going to take to get it done. 
All right, let's get into this Facebook thing. Um, the, the, the announcement, uh, well, Zuckerberg thinks it's a big announcement, uh, changing the name. It's uh, it's now going to be, a fa- I was on, uh, Alex Pearson, a good friend, of course, uh, does the evening show on, on CHML on our sister station in Toronto, AM 640. And uh, she asked me about this yesterday. I said, this is a classic uh, story of deflection. He's taken all kinds of heat, and justifiably so, because of all the, the, the crap and the revelations about what Facebook's going on and all these documents, of course, that are now part of the public record because of the whistleblower. What better way, Adam, to deal with that than to say, hey, don't look at that. Look over here. I got something new and shiny. And, and yeah. that strikes me what Meta's all about. You know what? Let me put it in another analogy for you, Bill. It's kind of like, you know, when a company goes bankrupt and they're having financial trouble and they just change the name and go like, look, I'm you. That's pretty much what Facebook is doing. I mean, uh, you know, I don't even know, like, if we call it Facebook anymore. I don't know if we're supposed to all call it Meta now. Like, somebody was asking me the other day and I started using it in a sentence and they were like, what's Meta? And I'm like, oh, you know, what everybody, what, 3.8 million people are on Meta. You know, Meta. Everyone's using Meta. And I don't know when the proper time timing is when we stop using Facebook and migrate and transition into the words meta. Uh, but it is here and you're right. It is, uh, it is an illusion. This is, this has been done by years by magicians. Um, it is a, it, it is one of those fancy wordings and it is big in regards to what does it really mean? And I think Bill, what I wanted to speak to the fact is yes, of course he is sort of, dif- you know, uh, deflecting the, all of the damage that Facebook papers is coming out with that. What it really means is I see what Zuckerberg is trying to do. He's trying to do what Elon Musk did with Tesla. It isn't a car company. We are a technology company. And, and if you saw or attempted to watch him try to announce the new uh, change or transition of the name, uh, he, he emphasized that a lot with Facebook is still here, but we're going to be a new company moving in the future as a technology company. He's really pushing on that. And that's always been understood. Honestly, I thought they were going to call it Horizon. I heard the rumor they were going to re- reference the company is it was going to be Horizon. Metaverse uh, is going to be a sub area of robotics and virtual reality and augmented reality. Um, but I guess this is his attempt to migrate the company into that direction. But it's still going to impact Facebook. It still exists. WhatsApp, uh, Instagram, they've got a, a, an array of problems that are obviously existing and otherwise. But Meta is the new name. And another reason why I think he's doing it is because his Metaverse, the new version of where the world is moving in that Metaverse, this is this is the Facebook uh, uh, future, if you will, Bill. I don't know if it's going to hold, though. Well, they've done some work on this, obviously, because you also wanted to talk about meta digital assistance, which is a bit of a different take on on something that we've maybe been used to in the past. Well, Meta, yeah, and when we, it's almost like a term that like Google was. What's a Google? Now Meta, we're trying to define Meta in so many ways. Meta is is now got a Meta Digital Assistant, which is existing that's out there. Now, it's a company, there's many companies out there that create this virtual environment. Now, again, I want to just, again, not confuse listeners. This isn't a robot. This isn't a robot where, uh, but it is almost like, think of it as a website, there is a computered version of someone that you're looking at, like as if you're video calling, 
but it's not a person. It is a virtual reality individual, uh, NPC, which is non-player character. If you recall, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, Ryan uh, uh, with the blue shirt guy. Uh, he had that movie where he was a non-player character who wanted to change the way he lives and otherwise. This is almost what it is. It's actually very realistic to that. So you would go to a, a help desk, if you will, and this meta assistant will then be able to answer questions as if it's real dialogue. So the old way of doing things is you go to a website and there's a chat box and you would mm -hmm. ask, you would type a question and then the bot would see three dots and it would come up with maybe seven options of what it may answer your question. This is a new version of how to communicate that. And this is a way of virtually having, looking like a person, uh, referencing this, in this case, it was called Sam. Uh, you'd be able to ask this virtual individual, hi, I'm having troubles with my phone. Could you help me? Or I can't sign into my bank account. Would you be able to assist me? And it would respond as in real questions. Thank you for your question. Let me see if I can help you. It's almost like dialogue with a real person, but this meta digital assistant is taking off. Uh, Will I am is using it right now. The World Health Organization has utilized it in answering questions about COVID. Um, and you may have felt you were talking to a person, but it's really a matter of communicating and talking with the digital assistant. It's artificial intelligence. Uh, it, it's got the same persona of speaking with an individual and answering questions and challenges. And should they not answer the question, they will then say, just a moment, let me see if I can get a customer service rep to help you. So this meta version that Facebook has, has talked about, he's launching and, and so forth. It's here and expect in the next year to see more and more websites to use this version to, to communicate. Um, it's kind of like an Alexa and a, and a Google. You speak to it. Hey, what's the weather? Instead of hearing a voice and not knowing who it is, you're going to look at a computer generated artificial intelligence individual on a web browser. And soon, Bill, just to add even more creepiness to this world, you'll be able to wear it on your uh, augmented reality glasses or a virtual reality environment. And you'll be in that little metaverse that Mark Zuckerberg once told us about. Okay. Well, it's, uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, tomorrow is today. I guess that's what it's coming down to. Uh, okay. Now that most of the billionaires have already had their little jot into space, including Captain Kirk, of course, Bill Shatner, well, he's not a billionaire. Although, but now NASA's getting back into it. This is, of course, the, the government space agency. Uh, and uh, I, the word is, I guess, they're heading back to the moon. They are. And you know what? We have been talking about going to Mars. I think everyone forgot you got to pass the moon. And, you know, I think it's been forgotten that we actually visited the moon years and years ago. But, you know, NASA is getting very aggressive in there. And it's called Artemis One Moon uh, is the reference of the spacecraft that's actually flying to the moon robotically to just you know, I guess, test to make sure that it's safe to travel and otherwise. And then in February 2022, that's quite aggressive, by the way, if I may say, that's that's the robotic test. In the next five years, man and woman will be landing on the moon, Bill. Uh, it will be pretty much NASA's intention to land on the moon and start researching, I guess, in possibilities of, I don't know, if we're setting up moon stations, but NASA's heading back to the moon. Good for them. Uh, I just looking ahead. I kept something else because we're tight on time. But I wanted to talk about something because you always try to include something about uh, how technology is is actually helping us 
uh, especially in the medical field. And there's so many concerns about that now. We're living longer and talking about uh, knee replacements and joint replacements and things of this nature. Uh, 3D technology on medical devices. Talk to us about this. <laughs> well, you know what? You go to a hospital and what you do is you you more or less uh, get yourself a, 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 you know, a medical device that you can actually plug into yourself or otherwise. And maybe there's a storage room of these items and they don't fit or they're uncomfortable or otherwise. Well, this is a new way that uh, this, this new development is a 3D printed device and it can actually work on any body part like your arm, your, your heart, uh, you know, think of it as diodes that kind of attach to your chest and it gives your vitals in seconds. However, this capability can be printed on demand bill. So 3D printing was kind of cool where you can make little kind of devices, but now the 3D printing, I won't get into the science and all the detail of the type of, of materials, meaning chemical compounds it takes, but the reality is in, in dumbing it down, think of it as a printer and say you walk in as a patient, you're not feeling well, they want to double check and see, depending on your size, your girth and otherwise, that you would be able to print you a device. It's got all of the materials and vitals to connect and no batteries required, no electricity electricity required. How would it work? It uses uh, your power of your body, your, your natural body heat and otherwise. So um, they had actually a professor of aerospace and mechanical engineering at the University of Notre Dame that was able to do this. This phenomenal uh, development will be able to be installed in hospitals and would be able to print on demand. So patients coming in, there wouldn't be a lack of supply or, or limitation on, on materials or medical materials arriving, gives you heart monitoring, full vitals, um, all of this in seconds, it will be printed and you'll be able to get a diagnostics of how well or how healthy you are at any given time. It's phenomenal. And I, look, I got to squeeze this in because it's a related issue. There's actually a ring version of this that's available. Well, the, the 3D printing was one yeah. piece of the medical device, but Aura Generation 3, it's an it's a ring, literally a, a ring. Uh, it's been around. This is the third generation of it. You put it on your finger versus your wrist, you know, like a Fitbit or a, a smartwatch yeah. or otherwise. This actually is just a ring, and it's got so many new features that it allows you to uh, performance otherwise. Your BMI index, how well you're training, it's all literally linking to your smart device. Um, and it also uh, gives you that variance of being able to know how well you're performing health uh just this is general health not medical in a full-on medical device but yeah. what what's interesting bill is it's four hundred dollars to put the ring on your finger but wait there's more if you want to know what you're doing or how you're doing you <laughs> if you act pay, now if you act now for only five dollars and 99 cents a month you can know how well you're doing it doesn't just tell you your health it will now give you a vital every month so uh anyway it's called the aura generation three great christmas gift just keep in mind it's about six bucks a month to know exactly what your vitals are doing in a stored private secure location absolutely this is tech talk we do this every friday 11 35 brought to you by vacuuming call them today and get before you get your furnace going for the minute. adam have a great week we'll talk again next friday appreciate it thanks bill take care the bill kelly show weekdays from nine to noon on 900 chml